Welcome to Boldly Go, a Strange New Worlds podcast. I am one of your hosts, Suzanne Williamson, and with me, as always, is the absolutely lovely. She's not going to say her name. Oh, sorry. I was. <laughs> I'm so. I was so. I was so absolutely lovely. I'm like, am I? Yes. Am I? I'm Brandy Jackola, guys. I'm sorry. I was just so caught off guard. I was just basking in the love. Sorry. Bask away. <laughs> Yes. Give me all your love. Everyone give it to me. Thank you for joining us on a new episode. We know you have many choices for Strange New Worlds podcasts, but I do believe we are one of the very few all-female casts. Yeah, I agree. I think that you are correct. There are so many dudes. There aren't a lot of... So many dudes talking about Star Trek. (laughs) So, So many white... Dude, so many straight white dudes. Yeah, <laughs> about Star Trek, which you know, I say that knowing that my husband is a straight white dude, but he's not a typical male. He was raised completely by women. He had no father figure, and so it's he's like an honorary. So he's woman. not upset that Captain Pike is surrounded by all women on the bridge, except for Spock. <laughs> no, he th- he fucking loves it's it. Great, he fucking loves it. And again, his favorite character is Ortega. Oh, she's awesome. So she's freaking awesome. Yeah. I I said to Dave today, I want to go through my life with the same kind of smirk on my mm-hmm. face that she approaches everything with. I want to have that level of, yeah, no matter what's gonna happen, I'm gonna enjoy the shit oh, out of this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm aspiring to that now. And just the right amount of snark. It's perfect. Oh, yes. I, I'm i nothing if not snarky. It's one of my best qualities, or worse, depending on who you ask. So, uh, so yeah, episode two. Episode two. We are on the second episode. How, it seems like it's going... Is, is that soon? It seems it does, soon. And it's <laughs> making me think... Like it's going so fast. There's only eight left. No! No! I know. I know, I know, I know. I don't want it to be just 10 episodes. No. I think we should have had 14 or 15. I say 20. <laughs> Give me 20. 20 is good. 20 is good. You know, they could have done that. They could have done 20 and, and then split it up like Prodigy and just make oh, people No, because I hate what they did with Prodigy. So, yeah, no. I know, but it doesn't bother me because I have other shiny new Trek to distract me. No, but I want the Janeway. I always want the Janeway. Gimme, 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 gimme. Well. And especially now the Chakotay. I can't play. I want, I want, 
they better they, mm, just because mm-hmm. mm, you. Mm, I just do not like. <laughs> do I have never liked? I'll say it now, and then it will be out there for everyone to know if they haven't already heard me say this somewhere else. But seven and Chakotay was always blasphemy. It never should have happened. It never should have been an idea. <laughs> it had no buildup. It had no reason. They had no chemistry. Why on God's great earth would you do that when it was clearly supposed to be Jaylen and Chakotay the whole exactly. time? And I. I love that there was no even, the only character that Seven mentioned in Picard was Janeway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like even yes, Seven Chico knew was it was just wrong. A blip. She's like, Mm-mm. yeah. And this has been your tangent into the world of Voyager. Thank you for joining us. It's always going to happen. <laughs> always, always, because because Suzanne's here. <laughs> Which, no, this is not a complaint. I love Voyager. I will find a way to get Janeway in every conversation I can. You know, I think we should actually have a goal to mention at some point every single Star Trek series that exists uh, from the original series forward to get, because I think we did a really good job of naturally doing that this (laughs) last time we recorded. (laughs) And so. Now, now it's like I think we should just have a little jing noise, and every time one of us <laughs> mentions another series, yeah. so we have so far done Voyager and Prodigy. Mm-hmm. All right, and Picard We're on a roll, and Picard. Yep, Picard. All right, that's three, three down. It's like four to go. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> it was recently also Eugene Cordero's birthday. He and I have the same birthday. Awesome. I did not know that because on his IMD page, it does, IMDB page, there is a B at the end of that. Sometimes, yes. Um, he, the, his birth date is not listed. And so when Paramount Plus, Star Trek on Paramount Plus rather, was saying, it's Eugene's birthday. I'm like, oh, we're birthday twins. <laughs> Made me so happy. I was birthday twins with Aaron Eisenberg. Oh, yeah. well, you still are birthday yeah. twins with Aaron Eisenberg I, because I his just, birthday still exists. I know, exists. I just don't get to wish him a happy birthday anymore. You you can in your heart I do. and say, Aaron, if you were here, I would wish you a happy birthday. There you go. Okay, so we managed to get some Lower Decks references in there. Deep Space Nine. Um, yeah. Ooh, I was, I have a little friend. I shouldn't call her little, but she seems little to me because she, she's 17 years okay. old and she lives in Australia and she is responsible for a lot of the Spock fan art behind uh-huh. me on the wall, which viewers at home can't see because this is not a, a visual Thank podcast. Thank God. But <laughs> I look like crap. Yeah. <laughs> you do not. You do not. But like the one right there that's above, that's right next to Spock's yes. head, this is her most recent. And also one of my most favorites that she's done. And I've loved it. I like the lighting she's done. on that one. Yeah, I know. And uh, she she loves it so much that she used it as, her, well, part of it, like half of, half of the face for her Etsy store. Mm. She's opened an Etsy store where you can buy digital copies of her artwork and print them out her, yourself. Nice. 
and I have I have bought a few, and one of them was a a Julian Bashir, mm. and I got a bunch of four by six prints of all of these so that I can make a collage. She's just extremely talented. And she's 17. <laughs> like, this is you at 17? Yeah. How much, uh, how much more amazing stuff are you going to churn out before you're even, you know, 30? It's incredible. She's so talented. Her name is Macy Parker. And if you want to go look at her Etsy store, it's, it's still in its early stages, but she does have a lot of Star Trek stuff on there. And it's at Mace, M-A-C-E Parker on Etsy. So go check out her cool. work. And she asked me if I was okay with her using that, that uh, half of Spock's beardy face <laughs> uh, as her picture. And I said, no, I love that you did that. I absolutely love it. She, you know, sometimes an artist falls in love with their own mm -hmm. work and well, they should. And she fell in love with this one and rightly so. Very nice. Yes. Beardy Spock, of course, having been on Star Trek Discovery and there we go. <laughs> Discovery. Yeah. Got it up in there. So Deep Space Nine, because we talked about Bashir. So we got Prodigy and Ordex. So it looks like we just need to get Next Generation in there. <laughs> and Enterprise. <laughs> and the original series. And Enterprise. Which was, oh, yeah, we got We left. will with three Hammer, left. because Anar. Oh, yeah. Hammer time. <laughs> That's not my joke. <laughs> Star Trek on Paramount Plus made it first. Wow, I did not <laughs> even think of that. Oh, Lord. Unfortunately, I did. <laughs> but they got to it <laughs> first. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So maybe we should actually talk about Strange Two. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah, I think so. How the hell did this one start? <laughs> oh, I think it was um, Uhura. It was a log, log, yes. Was that it? Mm -hmm. Yes, we get a little focus on Uhura, um, Celia Gooding Jr. Oh my, Gooding Jr. Why did I do that? <laughs> Celia R. Gooding. Is there a Gooding Jr.? Oh that is quite <laughs> the mashup there. They are not related. No. I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, I think she's killing she it as amazing. Uhura. I adore her. Oh my gosh. She is. She's glorious. She's just magic. She's magic. So, um, yeah, she's going to go to dinner in the captain's cabin, <laughs> which sounds intimidating yes, for a cadet. <laughs> and she mentions that Ortegas told her that it, uh, she should wear her dress uniform. <laughs> and I thought, that's a prank. Oh, yeah. And it is. Because she she meets up with Ortegas. Ortegas basically looks like she's in gym yes, wear. Yes, in the, the crop top and the sweats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just totally chill. And Uhura is dismayed. She is not happy about that. And I wouldn't be either. I can understand yeah. that. Yeah, I can understand that. It wasn't... I don't... First of all, I don't like pranks. Mm -hmm. I don't like making I don't I don't think pranks are funny. And I think that they are, you know, despite if you're just teasing someone, I think that it's mean-spirited. I just don't like pranks. Uh this one didn't feel quite it didn't feel mean-spirited. I think it was more of a it, and it wasn't even really more like hazing. No, it was kind of It was just kind of a like welcome to the team kind of haha. Yeah. 
Got yeah, one over it's like, on you. We do this yeah. to everybody. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. It's just a dress uniform. So yeah. Good God. Is do all captains have like <laughs> grills and shit? Right. I mean, where's the smoke going? I did not see flame, which I'm happy because I get enough of open flame cooking on Voyager with freaking Neelix burning down the ship all the time. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, and th- and that always made me wonder, what kind of ventilation system do they have to put in there so that, you know, the whole room doesn't fill with smoke in about two seconds? Because on a starship, yeah. it's a self-contained atmosphere. It's not like it just goes in the sky. There has to be a better way to cook rather than an open flame that you could right? fall into at any moment. Why not a phaser? Hmm? They have different... I mean, a phaser has... Mi- Yes, many they settings. They have all many these settings. different things they could use. It's just like, why? Why open flame? I don't know. Maybe they just like the flavor. Because <laughs> they eat replicated food so often that when they get real food, it's like a But treat. it's not even like he cooks That's- using the flame. He, it's just, he's got that giant wok sitting on the flame. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. But I am proud of Captain really Pike not having an open flame on his ship. Yes, but I really do enjoy like seeing him in April. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> being Mr. Cooking Man. With his basting brush. I was like, oh, that's that's nice. Yeah. Um that is um it's dead sexy. That's all yeah. I have to say. It is. Yeah, this is this is one of those times where his hair looks fine. Mm-hmm. But later in the episode, it got it's a little big. It got bigger. <laughs> it got bigger. <laughs> Just wait till you get to episode five. Oh, God, no. They had to tease that and use so much Aquanet, because I remember the 90s and my skyscraper bangs. I remember what it took to get the hair that height. Yeah. I could never, because my hair is too fine. I just Oh, no, I had to, like, scrape, 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 ever. scrape, 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 scrape. Like, tease yeah, it up. and then, I couldn't yeah. do that. It was awful. Because my... I mean, even now, backcombing my hair is just, it, it makes it look slightly less black because <laughs> my hair is just really fine. I have a lot of it, but it's really fine. And so it just, uh, it's like, no, we're just going to lay down, okay? Yeah. So just um, deal with it. You know, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, who was it who said, I think it was number one who said, ah, dress uniform, huh? Good one. That was Captain Pike. <laughs> oh, it was mm-hmm. Pike. Okay. Because okay. yeah, that little smirk on his Pike face was like, oh, so cute. Yeah. And I think, you know, when it's a cadet and you're trying to, I guess, impress people, trying to figure out where you fit mm-hmm. in, which we find out that is a big thing for Uhura in this episode is feeling like she Belongs. is worthy yeah. of being there. Yeah. Which, oh, I know that feeling. Ooh, Ooh, yeah. Do I know that feeling well? So I identified hard with that. Yeah, <laughs> walking into a room so and not knowing who to talk to or what to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, then she fixates on Hemmer because she knows he's – his vision is impaired because she obviously knows he's an mm-hmm. Anar. Um, or Enar, I guess is the way they say it. I would prefer Anar because there's an A and an E, but what do I know? <laughs> they get to pronounce it however they want. They created them. So 
Enar. We'll say Enar. And Hammer's like, I do not require assistance. He was just chopping away at like, that, too. I was like, damn. Yeah. And Spock's like, you have offended <laughs> him. And she's like, no, I am just making so many mistakes. Everything I say is wrong. And she explains, you know, that she... That her culture is, she's been taught to offer assistance mm-hmm. to anyone who who look, seems to need it, and uh, he he's just giving her crap. Oh yeah, he did it very well too, and he he did do it very well. Speaking of snark, oh, there's going to be more him or snark. Don't Good. you fear? Good. <laughs> so so buckle in, folks. This is not the last snark you're going to see. Uh, especially when connected with Uhura. Anyway, um, and I, and I loved Uhura just gathering her druthers, so to speak, and telling them both off in their native language. That was great. Which I only caught when watching the closed captioning because I was like, I don't know what she's saying. Yes. It's, uh, it's really helpful when you have those closed captions. Because I don't speak fluent Vulcan. Because neither yeah. do I. Neither do I. I do, however, have a lot of Vulcan jewelry. This says different things. This this necklace I'm wearing again doesn't matter to anyone listening because this is not a visual <laughs> podcast. But this one is my name in Vulcan script, so because I'm a nerd. Anyway, <laughs> I think that is well known information. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the thing is, I'm not ashamed yeah, of it. Nor I should you be. Has a badge of honor. Exactly. I uh, was made to feel ashamed of. Such proclivities when I was younger. Proclivities? Is that really the right word? I don't know. It just came out of my mouth. We're going with it. <laughs> that makes it sound dirty. <laughs> I know, right? That's why I'm like, that's not the right word, but it came out of my mouth and now I have to own it. So, unless you want to edit it out, which I, I don't, yeah. absolutely do not edit that out. Leave in proclivities. <laughs> I want to go have dinner with Captain Pike. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that looked looking so much fun. And his quarters are his huge. quarters are huge. That table was huge. He should have a dishwasher though. Mm, that is true. But maybe they just have a thing that is like a dishwasher, but, but you have to hand dry them. <laughs> no, no. I was just like I was thinking maybe Maybe it's all replicated, and you just put it back. You just recycle it all. Well, no. So no dishes to no, do. No, because he was – number one was handing him dishes out of the water, and he was drying them off. Oh, that's so boring. It's like <laughs> – Why do you have a sink? Well, why do you have a sink? A you need to have a sink to wash your hands because when you're cooking, you need to keep your hands clean. No, I get that, but it's just like – did you have, I mean, do all captains have a kitchen in their oh, quarters? God, I, I think, think Janeway would have, she would have been first to burn down the ship before Neelix. Because girl yeah, no can't kidding. cook. She's hopeless. No. No. She can, she can make She coffee. can't even replicate things properly, which I don't understand because it's just you tell the computer what you want and it does it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't get that either. But hey, you know. Some people just don't as people think, oh, anyone can cook. That is not no, true. That's not true at all. My mother is living proof of that. I can cook, but only if I have the exact recipe and the exact amounts of the ingredients listed on said recipe oh. and all of the accoutrement used to cook for 
you know, the end product of that recipe or else forget it. I can't improvise. I have no imagination when it comes to cooking. That all. is the improv I can do. I can cook, just throw things together and it tastes great. Other improv I cannot mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Um, my, the whole rest of my family, they can also do that. Both my sisters, my mom, my dad was able to do that. Me skipped me completely. Mm. So thank you, HelloFresh, for providing all of the ingredients and the <laughs> amounts that I need them to start with so that I can actually make uh, unprocessed foods and uh, be a healthier person. Thank you very much. A- and the food is delicious, I should say. I should say that. Delicious. Mm. So if you're ever in a food rut, <laughs> hit me up. I'll give you some HelloFresh recipes that will blow your mind. Or your taste buds. Oh, tangent. Yeah. So, yeah. Sink and dishes. That's so 21st century. I was like, why are they doing dishes? They could just be sitting on the couch having a drink and talking about the same thing. Well, I feel like that's just a pike thing. It's very hands-on. I mean, yeah. When we think about the scene in his cabin mm-hmm. um in episode one he that was just a very traditional old school cabin yes. with a stove and a sink and a fireplace yeah, it was reminiscent of a giant view of screen. kirk's cabin in generations yeah very much like that so i think he enjoys doing things manually when it comes to food I and don't I guess mind that, that. Part of that experience. <laughs> yeah. Part of that experience may be the dishwashing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I do not know anyone that likes washing dishes. Yeah, this is true. I don't like washing dishes. And in fact, well my back starts to hurt. It's like I'm too tall for the sink. If I were like about four or five inches shorter, then I wouldn't feel like I was always leaning forward over the sink. And then the area right between, you know, right in the middle of my spine would be like, oh, yeah, this is fine. But I always have to lean down. And then my back. I have to stand up straight to be able to reach everything. (laughs) (laughs) We have the opposite problems between the two of us. If you you combined us and then split us straight down the middle, we'd both be the perfect height to wash dishes. We do have a dishwasher, but there are things that we use frequently Mm -hmm. for cooking, and so we do have to wash those by hand. We can't just stick them in the dishwasher. Boy, this is the most boring stuff that I have ever (laughs) talked about on a Star Trek podcast. I'm so sorry. So let's get back to dinner. Who wants to hear that? Dinner. And, of course, we hear the tail end of a story don't we, that Pike's telling about being embarrassed and tripping on somebody's pants. Why did the man not have pants on? (laughs) Why was he pantsless? Why did he jump up and run away with no pants on? Was he in the bathroom? And tripping on the pants. I just don't know. I just don't know. I want to hear the beginning of that story. Why does the man not have pants? Did he have underwear on? I don't know. These are the questions I want answers to. (laughs) I kind of feel like maybe he didn't. That was my feeling, too. I just, just by the way Pike was talking about it, I feel <laughs> like 
This guy did not have pants or underpants upon his person. Which means, ew, I don't want to trip over those pants. Oh, was the underwear wrapped up in the pants? I would hope so, but even so. (laughs) Because either the underwear is in the pants or he was going commando and the pants were the underwear. Ew. Either way, I don't want to trip in those pants. No, because then you might have touched things. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe people are cleaner in the 23rd century. (laughs) Yeah, doubt it. That's what we are, right? Doubt it. It's the 22-somethings. Yeah, 22-somethings. So that'd be the 23rd century. Sure. And Spock is so confused during this entire story. (laughs) He did look quite perplexed. Why is everyone laughing? I don't understand. Oh, some of my favorite Spock moments throughout time are when Spock is perplexed. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> so this was just like, Mwah. chef's kiss at Spock being perplexed. And him explaining why he he's perplexed. He doesn't understand why people telling self-deprecating stories is fun. Yeah, and what was it Pike said? Sometimes things get so bad, you, you, you just, just have, have to laugh. laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have actually been there, but usually that laughing turns to crying shortly <laughs> after. <laughs> yeah, just like, oh, this is terrible. This is, this is terrible. <laughs> That's usually me. So, poor Spock. <laughs> this is also when we find out that uh, Uhura is not sure. That she actually wants to be in Starfleet. Oh, and her backstory. Oh. Oh, I know. Heartbreaking. Um, what's the deal with so many freaking shuttle accidents? I don't know. How many people have died in shuttle accidents? It seems to me like there shouldn't be that many shuttle there accidents. Be. I mean, we think that the future is so bright and shiny and will be such so much more convenient. But now you've got you've got shuttle accidents, you've got transporter, transporter malfunc- accidents. malfunctions, the holodecks going wonky. Yeah. Ho- yeah, like those three things that people use all the mm-hmm. time that are gonna kill you. They're gonna try and kill you at some point. <sighs> Man. And what if the warp core has a problem? Then the whole ship goes up. And anything near it. Space is, <laughs> space is dangerous. It's so dangerous. And watch out for those Honestly, comets. Com- it's mm, Comet, yeah. That's interesting. I was going to look up that guy who played the uh, shepherd <laughs> captain. <laughs> I'm like, I was going to look him up, and then I got distracted by something monk. else. Yeah, Space Monk. Because I'm like, this guy sounds familiar mm-hmm. to me, like he's a voice actor he or something. He did sound familiar. But as as I never actually finished looking him up, I'm going to do it right now, actually, because I remember his name. And it probably won't ring any bells of anything that he's been in. But hey, better to check and be sure... Mm-hmm. Yes, his name is Tom with an H. <laughs> Very interesting. This is not his first Star Trek appearance. Really? He was on an episode of Star Trek Discovery as council member. Hmm. 
he sounds like he should be a voice actor because he had a very melodious mm -hmm. voice. It was just, how do I describe it? It was, it was like that of a religious salad. <laughs> so he was well cast. Very well cast. Yeah, they, um, there's a comet that's going by a planet. And it's going to crash into that planet. And this planet is arid. It's a desert planet. It's like Tatooine. Oh, whoops. Wrong franchise. Sorry. That's no moon. It's like SETI Alpha 5 after it got knocked out of its orbit by SETI Alpha 6. Or is it, was it the reverse? SETI Alpha 6? And they were on Anyway, uh, sorry if I got the numbers <laughs> mixed up. Anyway, it's very, it's very arid. We have a new forehead of the week mm -hmm. with those aliens. They had forehead bumps. They did, but they also had whatnot. nice scales on their hands. I like that. They did have scales. They were very sort of reptilian, which is kind of what you want on a desert planet. Yeah. So I can understand how they would have evolved that way. Their frills around their head also, like, were really, really well done. And they had an interesting back of their head. I mean, they were just visually yes, interesting. Very nice. They were, they were not your typical alien of the week. No. Not just some weird ears. <laughs> weird ears or a bump on your forehead no this a lot of effort went into this <laughs> definitely and uh, their eyes were very big like the pupils of their eyes were very big obviously contact lenses but still just very large pupils which is a little unsettling which i think was the point is to this is an alien this is not a human are you sure they may hum be humanoid yeah Maybe humanoid, but they're not, they're an alien. They're not a human. So they're, they're like, oh gosh, what are we going to do about this comet? We've got to divert it. Because, because they can't move it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, fire photon torpedoes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love how <laughs> Ortegas is like, oh, I think we should, well, I don't know what, to, what we should do with this. And, uh, Laon says, oh, I recommend we fire, uh, photon torpedoes and we can do this and it'll move that and yeah he looks at number yeah. uh, pike looks at number one and she says yeah I, I think that could work so they do that and oh boy do they piss off the yeah. ship that's accompanying well the, the comet had shields why does it have shields yeah the comet had shields why does it have shields why did the photon torpedoes not work why is there this giant cylindrical ship that ship was so freaking cool this comet it was amazing. I loved that ship. Oh, it was beautiful. I just wanted to stare at it for a good hour. That it, it was so intricate and perfectly done. Mm -hmm. And I got to wonder, because I know that there are a lot of starships um, in these series, which have been designed by John Eaves, whom I have met. Ooh. He's amazing. He basically will just, when he's at a con, he will just sit at his booth and be drawing spaceships. No That's joke. Awesome. And I watch him just freehanding stuff and he's making these perfectly straight lines. And I'm like, how? I can't draw a straight line. How? <laughs> I can't either. And he's he's not using a ruler. And I'm just like... Even using a ruler, I can't do it. It goes wonky. I know, me too. Yep. Yep. So I wonder if this was one that was designed by John Eaves, because it is Gorgeous. something special. Really, really special. But uh, before those guys actually uh, show up, they manage to transport some people. Let's beam down, down and take a look. Yeah, let's have a look, <laughs> because this, this place should not have shields. 
The shields apparently only react to a threat, so they manage to transport down. We do get uh, Uhura going with this because she's on rotation mm-hmm. through all the different departments. So it's her turn to go down to the whatever, the planet of the week, the alien of the week, <laughs> the comet of the week, whatever you want to call it. And they take Sam Kirk, his poor Oh, mustache. Guy Fleekman. Um, <laughs> he is Guy. <laughs> I saw that comparison and I'm like, it's so true. He's just happy to be on the show. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so funny. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. And of course, Spock's going because chief science officer, right? And Lon, who is security chief, uh, she has become quickly possibly the most competent security chief in the history of Star Trek. Yep. And she's still comparatively pretty young. So she has a good career ahead of her. She's just, uh, her her past experiences serve her well. Yes, they do. When it comes to doing her job. So they're all going to go down. I do like when, when they're on the transporter pad, I do get to see the back of Spock in the environment suit. <laughs> it's not quite as tight as the one from Discovery, but it works. Before they get to that part, can we talk about Nurse Chapel? Let's talk about the flirty flirty flirt. I was like, oh, yeah. Yes. And this is the, you know, I had a friend ask me about this saying, um, do hyposprays just always hurt? And I said, well, I would imagine that it has to do with what is being sprayed in the hypospray. I think for the most part, it's a lot less painful than a needle, but it will depend on what's being injected into you. Yeah, how acidic it is. Yeah. So whatever this was, it hurt. And it you could have warned me. She's like, ow! <laughs> and the very logical, well, then you would know it would hurt. <laughs> the one person, of course, completely stoic, not reacting even a little, is mm-hmm. La'an. Uh, Spock gives her a run for his money, her money, oh, yeah. though. <laughs> On that. He's just like, it's, it's, I'm not reacting even though this is burning in my skin like fire, <laughs> I am stoic Vulcan mode. Stoic Vulcan mode. Yes. Flirty nurse chapel. Love it. So it begins. I love it. I want more of it. <laughs> I feel bad for all the women who are like, I'm going to be the one to, to make Spock fall in love with Yes. <laughs> just no i'm sorry ladies i'm so sorry (laughs) the only time he was ever truly happy he was under the influence of drugs so yeah well according to him i don't know if that was necessarily true but you know we're going original series with that yes t-o-s so and the interesting thing here's an interesting thing okay and now I'm going to I'm going to bring our final contender in. I'm going to bring uh TNG into this because there is that episode of TNG for the love of god, I cannot remember the name of it, but it's the one where they are taking Sarek to be an a, a diplomat, an arbiter between these two races. And that's when we find out he has Bendai syndrome. It's not unity. Which they no. Yeah, I can't remember. Shoot. I can't remember. I 
I know that I know it, but I, it's just not yeah. in my brain at the moment. It's 404 final out sound. But there's this offhanded comment as Picard is talking to somebody. I can't even remember who, but they're trying to prepare the area for the negotiations to very specific levels. You know, it has to be just right or these races will not be having mm -hmm. it. And Picard offhanded says, Oh yeah, the first time I met him was at the, at the wedding of his son. And I'm like, I'm sorry, when did what? Spock get married? <laughs> yeah. And so I headcanon that to mean Cybok. <laughs> That's why God needed the spaceship. That's <laughs> why God needed the spaceship. <laughs> so he could go to the ceremony. <laughs> well, we fixed that. <laughs> there you go. Boldly go. Head cannoning. All of those little problematic things for you. But it was just such a weird line to throw in there. And we even get Spock in later episodes of TNG. Yeah. And no... No more information about marriage. Picard didn't ask him about his wife or anything. <laughs> yeah, it's just so weird. Okay, the episode's it's name weird. is Zarek. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be so much more complicated. I'm going to remember. So, you know, the episode where Sarah comes aboard the Enterprise D. You know that one? I can't remember. Oh, it's called Sarah. Are you sure? I believe you. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. Wow. Wow. <laughs> my brain. God damn it. Oh, Lord. So, it's just one of those weird things that I'm like... How? Do, I mean, nothing is ever said about it again. Ever. No. In canon. No, they do that with a lot of things, though, on all of the various series. Yeah, I get that. But don't do a throwaway line about Sarek's son's <laughs> wedding and not give us any more information. Spock was everybody's fucking favorite on GOS. Everybody's. Besides Cybok and Spock. Maybe Sarek had yet another son. Mm. Es posible. Maybe it was with... Mm. Well, because... Mm. Well, see, this is where canon gets kind of murky. <laughs> because... But I have to forget that the books aren't canon. So I'll just leave that alone. <sighs> Some because of them we know should that Perrin be. Was, yeah, Perrin was after Amanda... But we see, you know, a well into her life, Amanda in Star Trek mm -hmm. for the voyage home. Yeah. So I'm so glad that they got Jane Wyman back for that because why? It's just, oh, I always loved her as a kid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was close to being an adult. <laughs> okay. It wasn't close. I was still a teenager when, uh, when Star Trek four came out, but. I just was so pleased that they got the same actor mm -hmm. again because it's just easier to go, oh, yes, that is Spock's mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is so. the punk on the bus. 
unfortunately. <laughs> um, Kirk Thatcher, God love him. <laughs> God, God love him. Now currently a writer on the newest crowdfunded season of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Woo-hoo! So that's amazing. Yeah, that guy's got it going on. I, I just, he, I actually, I didn't meet him face to face, but I was at a panel that he was on about the Muppets. Oh gosh, I guess it was about five or six years ago at one of the Van X's here in Utah. So he was full of great stories. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely full of great stories. So yeah, that was, that was just, that's, that was weird to me. And so I'm just like, I, I have to some, I think I just have to forget that that sentence happened. <laughs> I'm just going to forget that that sentence happens because I can't fit it in with all the other canon. So I'm just going to pretend that Picard never said that. Or if he did, it was a different son. It was yet another, it was another son. How many people did Sarek fool around with? Good and it Lord. could be a son that has <laughs> since died in a shuttlecraft accident <laughs> <laughs> or a transporter accident. <laughs> Or probably, let's be honest, a holiday yeah. malfunction. Moriarty got him. Just <laughs> damn. All right, we managed to mention all the series except for TAS. I forgot that one, <laughs> which I just mentioned. So now it's in there. Ding 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 ding. Yes, we have now won our own game that we created. <laughs> so, yeah, where were we? Uh, oh, there's an egg. There's an egg-shaped thing. Don't touch the on egg. On this comet. Don't never, never touch has the egg. Has anyone seen Alien? Don't touch the egg. <laughs> right. That is exactly what I was thinking. In fact, the very first time we watched this, Dave and I were just like, what are you doing, Sam? Are you a complete fucking idiot? Yes, guy is. <laughs> Oh my god, he got what he deserved. <laughs> That'll learn him to touch things that he doesn't understand. Duh! I mean, even Spock was like, Yeah, what are you doing? Dude, step back. Idiot. But we learn that there's a built-in defibrillator in in the Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Again, not how defibrillators are used, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Still kind of cool. It would be more likely that you it would be more likely that a shot of adrenaline would be used to uh, to help get the heart beating again because defibrillator's main function is to shock the heart back into rhythm mm-hmm. when it is in AFib. And uh, I know this because I have witnessed this happen to my mother because she has AFib. And I have, I have been with her when she has had her heart shocked back into rhythm. She was completely unconscious, of course. So, and I mean completely unconscious. But it is it is disturbing to watch. Well, if they were going to do the hypodermic through the breastplate, I think the only one that could have reasonably done it would be Laon. I don't know. Vulcans are pretty strong. But I think hers would be more, I don't have time for this shit. Bam. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And uh, the whole interior of this, man, they put that AR wall to use in this. Wow. It's a pretty light it show. It is. Oh, it's so beautiful. I feel like I'm at Disneyland. It's just music and lights in perfect synchronization. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite. 
So, yeah. So Sam Kirk's down for the count. Luckily, Spock saves his life. I'm sure that he never lets him forget it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he'll bring that up um, in the future. More than likely. Because all all Vulcans got some snark to them. Especially when he seems to not actually like Sam Kirk very much. I want to know why. What's going on? I don't know. I just don't know. Because, again, the way he acted in episode Uh one when Pike was like, hey, Sam, you're life sciences. That's your new boss. (laughs) Just the way Spock looked at him. like Maybe it's the mustache. "Mm." He just doesn't like the mustache. (laughs) It is a pretty sad mustache, let's be honest. Although Pike likes it. It's not good. He's lying. (laughs) He better be. It's terrible. It's a terrible mustache. It really, really is. It's honestly, and I think that the reason why they did this is because of Operation Annihilate. He had a terrible mustache. Because yes. he had a terrible mustache. Because it was basically just William Shatner on the floor with the terrible <laughs> mustache on. And so I think that they are honoring that fucking screen cannon. God damn it. Oh, my. You, you crazy people. You crazy kids. Oh, I am waffling on way too much. (laughs) So Sam's out. Um, He's stable, though. Spock gets unstable. And he's like, okay, Uhura, you got to figure this out. And she's like, I don't know what to do. Figure it out or kill us all. Yes. Well, La'an is is already there. She's like, I'm still trying to figure out whether you're going to save us or kill us. And uh, Uhura's like, thanks for that. You know, if that had been Tilly, it would have been a thanks for Mm -hmm. that moment. (laughs) Not helping. And then Spock tries to oh, give her Lord. a pep talk. <laughs> that was a terrible, terrible pep talk. Oh, my God. It was so funny. <laughs> it was just so very Spock. And I love how she just flat out says, is that your version of the pep talk? She's <laughs> like, yes. It's something I've been working on. How did I do? <laughs> yeah. That made me laugh so hard. <laughs> it's like don't don't ask for feedback no. in a moment like this. Do a survey after the mission's over and you're safely back <laughs> on Enterprise. Just send her a survey to her pad mm-hmm. and say, "How would you rate Spock's pep talks <laughs> on this particular away team mission?" Negative three. One, terrible. Two. <laughs> anyway. So she's got to figure out what's going on with this egg, because once he touched it, he kind of brought the whole thing to life. Mm-hmm. And now the egg's all glowy, and there's other stuff glowing faintly. And she is, like, humming to herself and realizes, Spock realizes that the cave is responding, that the it, area it, around Everything lights responding. up brighter when she's humming. Mm-hmm. And changes color depending on what notes she's humming. Celia has a beautiful voice. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful voice. I want to hear her actual yes. sing, actually sing I, a I song. Want, I want songs. I want so, more than humming, damn it. Yes. So, you know, maybe recreate that scene in in the Enterprise canteen with Spock on his, his oh, little harp yes. thing, whatever. And, and have Uhura just improv a song. I'll be there for it. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I know, right? 
so that's when they figure out uh, songs. And of course, during all of this, they're having on the Enterprise, they're having the altercation with the shepherd. <laughs> Shepherds? Shepherds. Really? <laughs> also, very interesting looking aliens with weird beards. And their, their head was moving when he talked, like the top of his head. Almost like it was a bladder of some sort, an air bladder. Yeah. Again, interesting looking alien, quite unlike anything we've seen before. So again, well Mm -hmm. done. Well done with your alien collection this episode. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, So Pike is trying to, you know... Be diplomatic, let's be friends. but at the same time, <laughs> yeah, let's let's be friends. But we're not going to let this planet die. It's like, um, if this, if this, what is where they Mahanit. call it? Arbiter, the Arbiter Mahanit. If Mahanit wishes to destroy the planet, he will destroy Stop the planet. Stop calling if him a comet. To, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's not a comet. Yeah. um... Are you a reasonable man, Captain? Uh, yeah. (laughs) I'd like to think so. But, you know, unfortunately, the shepherd has a point with Pike saying, you know, it's going to hit the planet. It's going to kill all these Mm -hmm. people. He's like, you don't know that, though. You said you were a reasonable man, but you can't know that. That's just what your computer simulation told you. And even that doesn't have all of the information. Exactly, exactly. So the shepherd kind of has a point. Mm-hmm. So, and, and Pike's just like, I, he's very frustrated with the entire situation. They have lost contact with the away team. They have no idea what's going on. Poor Mr. Kyle can't do anything. Oh, Mr. Kyle. He's trying. Mr. Kyle. He's working he's, that transporter. He looks like he's, he looks like he's 12. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he looks so young. He might be like 18, just out of the academy, (laughs) Ensign. But but he is skilled enough that he figured out a way how to beam an ice salve onto somebody. Hey, so he's he's good. He's got something going on. He he's he's not your run of the mill, just random transporter operator. (laughs) O'Brien. Yeah, (laughs) way back when the. He's he's the he's the chief Miles O'Brien <laughs> of Enterprise. <laughs> just just wait. By the end of the season, they're going to have him fixing everything. Just he's going to be the go-to guy. Oh well, you that was that one time that you beamed that Sava. That one was time. one time. That doesn't mean <laughs> that poor guy. So they're trying to figure out. Um, they Uhura does figure out. Um, because of harmonics and math, Ooh. <laughs> because musical notes are closely tied with math. And there's a lot of singing. There is, but I like Laange. Like I missed music class. Please, yeah, please I, explain. You don't want me doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that 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 is why we, as you know, current humans, send so much music into space mm-hmm. on probes and whatnot because there is um, there's math to it and they say math is the universal language i don't know if that's true because so far we haven't come in contact with anyone outside of our they're planet. avoiding us because we are a dumpster fire we 
are a fucking dumpster fire. We are destroying ourselves. And the rest of the galaxy is just looking at us and going, what are you and doing? And destroying the planet. Yeah. We're just, well, that's how we'll destroy ourselves is by destroying our home. <sighs> by trying to destroy ourselves just, or each other. Yeah. All, all of the above. Yeah. All of the above. And it's just, it's, it wouldn't be that hard to fix the problems that need fixing. It's just that it would require rich people to stop doing the shit that they do. And they're never yeah, going to do sending that. Sending random rockets into space just because, buying Twitter just because. Yeah. Dick rockets. Yeah. Way to go, Jeff Bezos and your dick rocket. <sighs> anyway. So, yeah, that's why we have never contacted, or rather why no intelligent life has contacted us, because we are not worth no, it there's, as we are They've now. put up warning signs around the planet. Avoid at all costs. <laughs> yeah, that's basically the start of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> They're putting in this, this highway and Earth's in the way, and it's just a dumpster fire anyway so yeah um we're just gonna detonate your planet because uh you guys yeah, suck Ma mahani it's on his way to just blow you guys up yeah. So. <laughs> so yeah so they gotta figure out how to steer Mahanit mahanit away um once uhura finally figures out the notes to sing it makes poor spock sing along with her <laughs> Look, he's a stringed instrument guy. He's not a vocalist. It made me want <laughs> Strange New Worlds, the musical. I want this now. I want Just this one now. musical episode. Right now. They can do one. it. Come on. Anson Mount can sing. Mm -hmm. uh, Rebecca Romaine yes, can sing. Yes, she can. Ethan Peck can carry a tune. Yes, she He can. He can be taught. I have heard far, far worse. And besides that, he plays cello. It's not like he doesn't have an ear for mm -hmm. music. So you could definitely get him to the point where he could absolutely do that. Um, I don't know. La'on would just have speaking roles. <laughs> she refuses to participate. <laughs> yeah, she refuses to sing. <laughs> don't know about Ortegas, but I'm, I bet she could sing. She just looks like she could do anything. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> all right. We're gonna. I'm gonna work on a a, a few songs for a musical <laughs> episode. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a songwriter. It's a lovely thought. So yeah. Um. That and the egg opens. The egg opens. It's got like pet, almost like petals on a flower. And it didn't kill everyone. It didn't kill everyone. It was like it was so happy. It's like oh, somebody who actually understands what I'm. Saying, except they don't <laughs> understand <laughs> but eventually they will eventually they will yeah and uh now that the shield is down everybody gets beamed back and sam kirk lives so that he can die later in operation <laughs> die off screen and just be a dead body with a cheesy mustache surrounded by weird looking pancake Sad. monsters they always looked like vomit to me <laughs> like fake vomit yes that's what they always looked like just to somebody me. flying fake somebody vomit. out of this shot just randomly throwing them. i mean 
mean, they really, that's really what they looked like. As, as a very young child, though, that episode terrified me. Because those things could fucking hide anywhere, and then they would just be on yeah. you. And injecting you with toxins, and making your favorite Vulcan blind, those bastards. <laughs> I had an attachment to Spock at a very young age. Um, and they realized that they can divert the comet by flying a shuttle... <laughs> Well, we don't realize this at the time because they're like, I think I know, Spock's like, I think I know a way that we can fix this. And we don't hear the plan. What they do show is empty chairs they're scanning across the bridge. Yes. And I'm like, oh, Spock's flying. Yes. He's a very good shuttle pilot. So hopefully he won't have a shuttle <laughs> accident. <laughs> so. uh. He sounds like he almost does, even though we don't see everything. But yeah, he basically goes in and uh, breaks the ice off of some of the the comet, or excuse me, Mahanit, to uh, change its trajectory. But uh, before that, there's there's a showdown mm -hmm. between Enterprise and the alien ship, and Enterprise wisely. <laughs> fakes injuries worse than they actually have and is basically begging them but we need your help or we're gonna die but that was after the ortegas maneuver the ortegas <laughs> maneuver okay i loved the ship scenes where they're trying to evade mm -hmm. being hit by this ship's weapons. I love that. And anyone who says, oh, the ship can't be that maneuverable, I put it to you. Yes, it fucking can. Because guess what there isn't in space? Gravity. <gasps> There's no gravity? What? Yeah. You can turn on a fucking dime. What? You can turn a spaceship on a fucking dime. Which is why I never understood why certain ships would, like, back out of something. I'm like, just use your thrusters and turn around in place. What, what are you doing? But what do I know? You know, it just seems like physically you could do that. So, but yeah, Ortegas, <laughs> this is the one slight uncertainty we've ever seen in Ortegas uh, so far. And that's when Pike's saying, hey, you know how you said you were going to be the best pilot <laughs> that ever graduated Starfleet Academy? And she's like... Your point, sir? How do you know I said that? <laughs> Time to prove it. <laughs> Time to prove it. <laughs> also, I find it interesting Pike didn't go on the away team. Because isn't that what they did during this time? The captain always went on the away team? Uh, yeah, I mean, Kirk always went. I'm... I'm all, I'm fine with Pike being on the oh, ship yeah. in, in this case because, honestly, if you're going to send somebody to a place where you're not sure what you're going to find, definitely keep the captain on the mm -hmm. ship because if you need a good rescue or and the know, first officer too, you trouble, don't want to lose one yeah. of them or both of them. Yes, we cannot have the Holy Trinity go up in smoke in one away no. mission. We just can't do that. So, but I do love Pike basically faking the whole thing. Which is, please oh, help us. You've hurt us so bad. You've hurt us so bad. And I promise and we won't gonna, touch him. We won't touch Mahanit. We won't go near Mahanit. We won't do anything. And then Spock flies his very dangerous mission of doing the. Uh, he has a steering wheel. Why does this show have a steering wheel? Why not? <laughs> 
Well, you know, I f- kind of feel like a shuttle should have a steering wheel. Yeah. You know, instead of buttons, because if you've got to do some sweet maneuvering, you're going to want to. Well, the Delta wheel. Flyer had a joystick, right? Well, it's at least that, absolutely. So, yeah, he does a very daring thing, looking very intense during the whole thing. It's very intense. Very intense. That was super intense, Spock. And uh, they they don't know if it's successful until they're trying to get a hold of him. They're like, hey, um, come in, Spock. Come in. And we finally hear him laugh. <laughs> and Pike's like, Spock? Everything okay? So, sometimes things go so badly, you just have to laugh. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, honey does not hit the planet. No, he does not. And in fact, this ice that has been broken off now enters this planet's atmosphere to permanently change their ecosystem by making it rain. But I'm still concerned about the people that were on the planet because that amount of mm. rain that fast, that's flash floods. Flooding. Flash floods. I don't think they know how to swim. Maybe they do. They have to have some sort of water sources on the planet. Otherwise, they wouldn't exist. Well, yeah, some sort, but probably not enough to swim in. Mm, Probably. Unless you're rich. (laughs) (laughs) And at that point, you're not sharing the pool with the commoners. Exactly. Exactly. No, I don't think that there was any, you know, there was no societal structure of people being super rich like what we have today because that kind of society just didn't exist you know they were still pretty primitive and uh spock does say that this will permanently change the face of their Mm -hmm. planet and allow them to you know develop agriculture and evolve etc so i hope we see them again someday we probably won't but I want to see Mahanit again. I would love to see Mahanit. I want to know how many more. Well, the shepherds seem to to uh, imply that there weren't a lot of these arbiters left, and so it's hard to say. We may never see another one ever yeah. in the galaxy. But I want to. I do, and too. I want more of the shepherd space monk people. I know, right? They just look super cool. And their ship looks super yes. cool. And, and uh, <laughs> of course, you know, the, the space monk goes, uh, you have witnessed uh, the mercy of Mahanit. And he says, yes, we have witnessed a miracle. We shall not part Somebody as enemies. revving an engine. Yes. And so that part was mm-hmm. nice. And uh, here's the crazy part is Uhura is studying uh, everything that happened Mm -hmm. and is like, okay, so here's the thing. (laughs) Everybody sit down because it's going to blow your mind. Yeah. Um, I've analyzed everything that this this Mahanit was trying to tell us, and it knew that it was going to – have part of its ice break off and seed this planet with water. And here's the exact picture it sent hours before. And here's what Mm -hmm. Spock said. Did exactly. Mm -hmm. They're the same. The same. Crazy. Now, see, I don't actually have any kind of problem with this because there is life in 
this Star Trek future galaxy that people can't even conceive of and may not even recognize as life. But, and this is one of those beings. So I have zero problem with this, frankly. Totally cool. I think it's just really cool. Just super cool. And then Spock finally actually gives a good pep talk. Did a good job on that last one, yes. (laughs) That's the one he should send the survey on. Yes. Never interrupt Spock when he is in the middle of (laughs) saying something, because you can't know for sure what's going to come out of his mouth. So he basically tells Uhura, you know, I understand what I said earlier sounded sort of harsh and... She's just like, yeah, I know. I need to figure out what I'm doing. And he says, no, no, that's not what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Except he says, I was not finished. And uh, tells her, basically, if you decide that this is where you belong, then Starfleet is really lucky to have you. Mm -hmm. And that was a really lovely thing. That was very nice thing. And just walks away. And in his mind, he's going, nailed it! Third time's a charm. Won't. <laughs> I had one bad one, one slightly better one, but this one I fucking nailed it. Yes. But outside, completely stoic. Completely stoic. Did a happy dance when he got back to his quarters. Made sure no one was you know, looking. Dance like no one is watching. Yeah, dance while no one's watching. <laughs> dance like no one's watching. So, yeah, quite the episode. The first time I saw this, I was just kind of like, where, where is this going? Mm-hmm. I did not find it predictable in any way. And I just really enjoyed that. And so many beautiful things to see. I liked the ending with um, number one and Pike. Even though you have all this information, you mm-hmm. don't know exactly what's going to happen. As you just saw with Mahan- Mahanit. There's no fate, but what we make. Yeah, and how did that work out for the Terminator universe? Well, you know. (laughs) Doesn't Skynet still always win? Well, Skynet still hasn't gotten active yet, so maybe things have changed. Depends on which movie you've watched. So, yeah, because uh, I said the same thing to Dave, and I said, yeah, and that didn't work out so great in the Terminator movies, did This it? time so will I'm be just different, go with, damn it. Yeah, this will be different. But see, that's the thing. I find it interesting because, it Im- again, it implies this final scene when he looks all of these people up. It implies that he hadn't looked them up before. I find it hard to believe that in all of the Federation there's only one person with that name for each of the names he calls out. I'm like, maybe on some of them, because they're quite unique. But that last one, whose name I can't remember, was pretty common. Like, there's more than one of her. I know there is. Yeah. But anyway, that's how it turned out. Because the look on his face when he was looking mm. at all of these kids who were just wee yeah. right now. Just just kids, like what, maybe eight or yeah. nine, ten at the most. And he's looking at these kids and just like, oh, shit, they actually do exist. <sighs> so, uh, 
I'm with mm. Una. He can do something that saves all of them, including himself. Don't think that's going to happen. I'm still believing. <laughs> okay. Until then. something happens. Otherwise, I choose to live in my happy little bubble. That's fine. It's just if that does happen, then that makes this an alternate universe. Stranger things happen. Because happened. we've already... We have already seen Pike's end, unfortunately. <sighs> I know. I know. I just basically want Strange New Worlds to go on for like 50 years, but I know everybody would be dead by then. Okay, so maybe he's not horribly injured and in his little BB wheelchair. Maybe he just ends up with a limp. Bit of a limp. <laughs> you know, it reminds <laughs> this, this reminds me of a whole Eddie Izzard routine about phaser settings in Star Trek. <laughs> in, in the original series, it was stun and kill. And he's like, there should be more than two there settings. Oh, excuse me. She goes as she now, um, identifies as she. And uh, she says, it should be stun, kill, limp. <laughs> Just bit of a limp That's setting. Right. <laughs> there, and then all of these phaser sittings, ice cream, ice cream van nearby setting, <laughs> sudden interest in botany setting, <laughs> depression setting, <laughs> just, oh, oh, fuck it. <laughs> just nice. Just, and she's like, keep, just hold on. I've got a million of these. <laughs> she just keeps going. Ingrown toenail setting. Ingrown toenail setting. Yep. Just uh, water in ear after swimming. Oh, oh I hate that. <laughs> oh God, that just um, that just brings me great joy to think about that. So, uh, do we have anything else that we want to discuss about this particular? Is, is it next week? Yeah, wonderful episode. I want to watch the next one. I want to watch the next six, one. Six days, six days from the date of this recording. <sighs> By the time this comes out, maybe a couple of days. I don't know. Just depends on how what, quickly what I get it done. So, how how are you feeling now about the series so far? I love it. Um, I love it. I love know, it. I love it. I love it. Me, me too. It's just so fucking good. It's everything I wanted and stuff I didn't even know I wanted. Mm hmm. Yes. I honestly, going way back to when they announced that Anson Mount was going to be playing mm -hmm. Pike on Discovery Season 2, immediately I was just like, He's perfect. oh, perfect, yep. absolutely perfect casting. And then he became everybody's space dad on Season 2 of Discovery. Mm -hmm. He was Daddy Pike. And I'm just like, you can't not do more of this. Yeah. You must do more it of was this. Magic. You must. It was magic. It was lightning in a bottle. And here's the thing. They recreated that lightning in the mm -hmm. bottle when they made this series. I firmly feel that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Ugh. Uh, I get more spark. <laughs> I get more spark. 
the funny thing being, of course, that I did not know Anson from Hell on Wheels. I hadn't even heard of Hell on Wheels at the point when I heard he was cast. I'm like, oh my God, it's Anson Mount from Inhumans. <laughs> and everybody's like, what? No, Hell on Wheels. I'm like, what's Hell on Wheels? How dare you? <laughs> I don't like Westerns. I don't like Westerns, I only... but I freaking loved that show. Well, not only not only is there Anson Mount, but there's also Christopher Heyerdahl. Mm-hmm. And I love Christopher Heyerdahl. And he's also been in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a big family. And Colmini, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a given. Yeah, so you got three. Well, at the point of Hell on Wheels, Christopher Heyerdahl had not yet been in Star Trek. No. He was in season three of Star Trek Discovery. So he, he had not yet been indoctrinated into the Star Trek world. But, you know, and, and now Star Trek people are popping up in so many places. Okay, I'm going to spoil a thing. I'm going to spoil a thing. So anyone who has not seen Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, close your ears. Fast forward. I don't know how long. Susanna will take care of it. Um, so we have Benedict Cumberbatch, mm-hmm. who was in Star Trek Into Darkness. We have Patrick Stewart. Duh. Hello. He was Professor X. And we have Anson Mount reprising his role of Black Bolt in this movie. Uh, yeah. 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 So I'm just like, because <laughs> when that happened, uh, this, this scene happens in an alternate universe. Mm-hmm. Guess what? It's the multiverse. You knew that was coming. <laughs> um, there's this uh, council that call themselves the Illuminati, and they're very powerful mutants who make those hard decisions, you know, kind of like Section 31 in a way. <laughs> and they bring in all of my favorite alternate universe people. And then and, and of course, they're t- uh, they're being all introduced. And then they say in Black Bolt. And I'm like, but is it Anson? Oh, yes. Yes, it was Anson. Yes, it was Anson. It was also really nice that they got, uh, they had Captain Marvel, but they had the Maria Rambeau Captain Marvel, oh. and they have the same actor who played Maria Rambeau in Captain Marvel movie. I'm just like, mm. they had Haley Atwell as Captain Carter. Just, mwah, mwah. I love it. I love it. All of these wonderful things I've seen in the comics, and I love it. It's so wonderful. And they had John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. It's it's wonderful. I don't, he's never played the Mr. Fantastic before, but I'll go with it. So you couldn't get Owen Griffith, but he was the first Mr. Fantastic on the big screen in the 2000s. So you, but you, can, you didn't use him. That's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You know, I don't have a problem with John Krasinski being Mr. Fantastic. But anyway, so there there you go. So three, three Star Trek people. Very nice. In a Marvel movie. Very nice, very nice. <laughs> my two of my most favorite fandoms bleeding together. Right. I've just tangented all over this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's time I shut the fuck up. <laughs> and maybe... Maybe we tell people where they can find us. Well, where can they find you, Brandy? You're about places and things. Uh, just things and stuff. Um, honestly, I don't want to go through all this stuff. I'm too tired to remember it all. <laughs> but 
Just follow me on Twitter at Brandywine12. That is how you will see what I'm doing. I just don't have a lot of time for social media. Plus, it's depressing a lot of the time, (sighs) even when I have my timeline pretty well configured so that it doesn't give me too much depressing stuff. But uh, it's, it's just... It's hard for a person who is sensitive to be bombarded by all of the horrible things that are going on all of the time. And that doesn't mean I try to hide from these things. It just means I don't need to hear every single detail about it. I can already feel horrified with just the little that I do know. So, so yeah, Brandy 112. Just find out what I'm doing there. What about you, Suzanne? What you doing? What you doing? Where you uh, go? You can find me on Twitter at KJMY8 or at Stained Sass. If you want to buy stained glass, buy it from me. Um, and I also do the Janeway with Liam. You better listen to it because it's funny. It's so funny. It is so funny. It's so, I love it. I love it. All right. I guess that's all that we have. To we do. have boldly went. <laughs> We have boldly went. But we will boldly go again. (laughs) Oh, we will go. Never you fear. (laughs) And we will go boldly. (laughs) This has been Boldly Go, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast. Our intro and outro music was composed especially for us by Eves Orwald, whom you can find on Facebook and SoundCloud for more of their music. Thank you for listening.